Hey there, Fangirl Nation. It is Tracy, 49ers Fangirl, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie, our Jaguars Fangirl. Hey, Steph, how are you? I'm doing well, Tracy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Recovering from that epic Monday night matchup last night and very excited about our special guest today. We have Hong Forrest, our Chiefs fangirl, joining us. Hello, Hong. Hello, ladies. How are you? Are you recovered? I feel like I'm recovered. It took quite a while for my heart rate to return to normal last night, (laughs) but I think I'm recovered and taking a loss instead of a W. I'm okay with that today. That was quite a football game. I actually kind of think, I kind of felt bad because they were saying next week, join us for the Titans and the Texans. And I was like, who wants to watch that? After what we just watched, the Titans and the Texans every week should be the Chiefs and the Rams on Monday Night Football. Uh, But that was quite a football game. My heart broke for Patrick Mahomes there towards the end um, after the interception and then the other interception. And as I tweeted last night, I a little bit love Patrick Mahomes and Hong. We are going to have to fight over him. But how can you not love him? He just, he's a Texas boy. He's, he can play well and he's polite and he's got composure. It's hard not to love him. It is. And he's got great hair and <laughs> his arm strength is unbelievable. Steph has a thing about arms. So I'm sure she's really into that. So, I mean, it really is, it is hard not to love him. He's a really likable uh, quarterback and a very talented one. So let's dive right into it. Uh, the this final score was 54-51 Rams. That's a lot of points to score. A yeah, ton. It's ridiculous because that's a – I think they said it was the maximum that's ever been scored by two teams, you know, that both teams go over 50 points. I mean, to go over 50 points on your own is pretty remarkable for one team, but for both teams to do it speaks quite a bit to its offense. I agree, and for both teams to do it – that means one of the teams lost. It is not every day that an NFL team scores over 50 points and doesn't win. So that was pretty incredible. Um, Steph, I'd be interested to hear a little of your thoughts because you cover a football team who has in the past had a very, very strong defense um, and who actually uh, the Jags had a t- very tough loss the other day. And, and in a game when the defense actually played really well, despite blowing a 16, nothing lead, as kind of a, a defensive guru, if you will, what did you think of all that offense and what do you think it means for these teams as they head into the playoffs? You know, it's um I think it I think a good defense does win championships, but there's a catch. I mean your offense has to score some points, you know. So that's like it's not necessarily, you know, you have to be able to ref represent a team's offensive ability. At some point, you know, the defense does can really, you know, really like take over a game. That's for sure. And that's certainly what the Jaguars do. What they hope to do is basically, you know, take over the first three quarters of the game, which they did um, on Sunday. And then they hope to just, you know, stall you in the fourth quarter. The thing with that is if the opposing team does score, like, Ben Roethlisberger was able to do. Um, and they had A.B., you know, of course, was unbelievable. He had an unbelievable game. Even though Ramsey, I think, had the game of his life. Um, you know, it, it it just leaves too much open. And, and Bortles definitely had tons of chances. The Jack, Jaguars had tons of chances. 
and they were hoping to, I think, running, run the ball and eat up that clock. But the strange thing is, is they didn't run the ball. So on that last fourth quarter, it was just, it was just the most bizarre play calling. It was, it was really rough to watch as a fan because it's, not something that we were thinking hey the Jags are finally back the defense is finally back they're playing their game and it was just like had several bad penalties um you know they had actually the Steelers turned over the ball six times but only three held up and I think that that was really tough for the Jags to swallow because then that means the defense has to continue to go out there and go out there and go out there even though they had three other picks which got called back on the other side of the spectrum, last night we see the Rams, who have arguably one of the best defenses in the league, and they gave up 51 points. So I am interested in knowing from both of you guys, do you feel, and I know, Steph, you said you think defense does still win championships, but in today's game, when you have a team like the Kansas City Chiefs with so many offensive weapons, I guess defense does win championships in theory because the Rams were the ones that ended up winning but on a different day, it could have gone a different direction. Um, what do you think, Hong? I definitely think so. Uh, as powerful as the two offenses were last night, it definitely came down to points left on the field and key plays on defense from both sides. I mean, twice we saw that the Rams were able to strip the ball, <laughs> scoop it up, and return him for touchdowns. And once on the Chiefs side, um, Alan Bailey was able to make that huge play with Justin Houston's help and return the ball and score six points. So <laughs> I think that it's just amazing to see that as many points as you can put up, the defense still counts and the defense still matters but we are definitely moving into this era of football I feel where these quarterbacks can throw the ball 60 70 yards downfield and they can sling it and they're really athletic and really gifted and then when you surround them with weapons like the Chiefs has on offense this season and last season they were there also um, but when you combine those different key pieces, it really comes together. So I think we are seeing this different and new era of football where offenses are huge. I mean, last night's score in the game, I've watched basketball games with less points on the board. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a 100% true. Um, and you mentioned slinging the football. We watched two gunslingers. Uh, I mean, Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes just really went toe to toe and, I mean, I think it was the NFL did an Instagram post of the two of them, and it said the future. And that is going to be incredible. Over the next several years, assuming both can stay healthy, how fun it's going to be to watch NFL football um, with these two QBs, and not just them, of course, but with these two QBs, it's going to be uh, pretty fun. And then you on Sunday night, we saw a good game. We saw Mitchell Trubisky, who's, who's not Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes, but a really good solid young quarterback so I think uh the league is is in for a, a good few years ahead of it absolutely yeah, um so I, oh sorry go ahead Steph no I was gonna you know just say yeah, I definitely think things are changing I think that just in sports in general there's always this like catalyst that happens you know in the NBA you know people really didn't hear about the three-point shot that often and it virtually change the game and you could say well now the three-point shot wins championships because that's just something that kind of took over the game so if you have these young kids coming in and scoring being able to put on up 50 points on the board of course that that's going to affect the game so you know it's it's I think it's wait and see and there's always tons of variables that are that have 
to be considered. But even in really good teams, both the Chiefs and the Rams have been able to put up points against, you know, really good defensive, you know, brick and mortar defensive teams. So, you know, I think that things are changing a bit, but I think it's going to be a wait and see and see how healthy everybody is. And there's a lot of things that can happen. And I also think that both teams here have a lot of momentum on their their side. Yes, they do. Um, and another team right now in the league with a ton of momentum on its side, of course, are the or is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they look fantastic. They just gave a beat down to the Super Bowl champs on Sunday. Clearly, the Eagles um, are not the Eagles of last season, but the Saints handed the Rams their first win. They obviously had a very impressive showing the other day. Um, you know, I, for one, would not be upset to see Drew Brees win another Super Bowl. Um, I think he is just the consummate football player, role model all around. Gosh, golly, GY, great guy. Um, and it's hard not to root for him. But I I have this idea in my head of, the ch- of Championship Sunday being Chiefs, Patriots, Rams, Saints, and you have old school versus new school. Um, and they're just kind of a fun idea. You have two quarterbacks who've been playing since the beginning of time against two at the beginning of their careers, which would be really fun to watch. I think that'd be pretty historic. And I know you and Steph talked about the old school versus new school a couple of weeks ago on a previous podcast, but I think that'd be a really a great sight to see. But yes, the Saints are definitely playing really well. And you're right. Drew Brees is a very likable individual and it'd be great to see him win. But I'm going to have to always err on the side of my being a fangirl for the Chiefs. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. 100%. I think that's I think that's very fair. Well, it doesn't look like ni- either of our teams, Steph or my teams, are going to be um, in the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> unless things change dramatically and all the other teams just decide they don't want to go. <laughs> that The flight to Atlanta was just too long. Um, so we will have to kind of live vicariously. So if, you know, we're kind of adopting other teams, um, I'm big, big fan of the Saints and the Chiefs. And even though I'm a 49ers fan and I'm not supposed to be a fan of the Rams, it's kind of hard to root against them too. And I just, I think what Sean McVay has done with that team is incredible. And I think also uh, on your side, Hong, Andy Reid, hats off to him because he took a real chance with Mahomes and he saw something and he was right. Um, and which which brings me to a storyline from this weekend that just really breaks my heart and makes me so sad, which I know everyone on this podcast feels the same way as Alex Smith breaking his leg. It was just like the most heart-wrenching story of the weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, it's horrible. Sorry. It really is. I'm a big Alex Smith fan in general because he's just such a good person and he's a great player and he's, you know, been through a ton of injuries in his career. And of course the injury that, you know, basically took him off of the 49ers was that concussion. And then, you know, of course Colin Kaepernick took over for, you know, his job. And then he went out and made something of himself at the, you know, in Kansas city and then in Washington. And it's just tough to see. And that, that's a horrific injury. So it was a bummer all the way around. 33 years, I believe, to the day of the Joe Theismann injury. I know. It's so eerie. It really is. It's so eerie. I just, oh, but that was one that just broke my heart. And I know, I know everybody on this podcast loves Alex Smith. I mean, how can you not love Alex Smith? And the other thing that was really amazing about Alex Smith is here's a guy that got drafted high and was considered a bust and turned it around. That rarely ever happens. Um, and and clearly he had a really good coach to come in 
and help him do that. Um, in Jim Harbaugh, go blue. I just want to throw out a little go blue. On big, <laughs> we had a big rivalry week this week and I'm already really nervous about it. So I just want to throw out a little go blue there. Um, but that rarely happens. I mean, it's hard, especially it wasn't like Harbaugh came in a year or two into Smith's career, but you know, he really turned it around and that was incredible. So I hope, I hope he can recover from this. I know that this is a very serious injury and a very difficult rehabilitation process. Definitely. And, you know, he was a great mentor to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, all the things that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes this season, he is always giving big props to Alex Smith for being able to be coached by him, be mentored by him on the sidelines last season. So it's a, and you can see it, you know, I, Patrick um, tweeted that he hoped for the recovery from his, his, his man, his guy very soon here. And I know that coach Reed gives his best to Alex Smith and his family, um, of course, but, uh, he can't directly reach out to Alex Smith due to some strange rules in the NFL, <laughs> but, uh, that's neither here nor there, but, uh, we really do wish for Alex Smith to recover, be able to hopefully come back to the game. Um, I think we all know that this injury is incredibly serious and at the age that Alex Smith is at, I just can't even imagine coming back from something like this. It'll be incredible. It, it will be, and it will be, it'll be a tough one. And, and I think there will be some lucky team down the line, uh, no matter how this rehabilitation goes, who ends up with a coach Alex Smith um, because he just, he kind of has all the qualities uh, that potentially could make a good coach. I have no idea if he wants to be a coach. I've just decided that for him, but, um, but if he does, I think he'd be a good coach and there is a lucky team out there who would have his coach again. He may have no interest in that, but maybe he needs a new agent, Tracy, Tracy. <laughs> Maybe he needs some guidance. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the playoff picture. If the playoffs were to start today, it would be the in the AFC, you'd have the Chiefs, Steelers, Patriots, and Texans with the Chargers and the Ravens taking the wild card, which is kind of funny because the Ravens are five and five. And <laughs> in the NFC, you would have the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, and the Redskins with the Panthers and the Vikings taking the wild card. I'd like to talk about the Vikings. The Vikings are five, four, and one. I have said before, and I have often been told I was wrong, often by men, but nonetheless, I've been told I was wrong, that I don't understand the Kirk Cousins hype. I think he is a good quarterback, but I've never seen him win a clutch game. I don't think he's ever won a primetime game, though I could be a little bit off on that, but I believe that that's correct. Um, And I think... I think he's a good quarterback. I'm taking nothing away from his ability and his talent. I think he's a good quarterback. But a lot of people said to me, no, you're wrong. Wait this year. He's going to have all these weapons, and he's going to have a good defense behind him, and it's going to change everything. I have not seen it change everything. Um, And so I would be interested in both of your opinions on that. On Kirk Cousins? On Kirk Cousins. I think he's – I mean, I think – He's $84 million man, so I'm just kind of (laughs) – Um, I, I, I like cousins. I think he, he would get, he gets the job done. I think he's definitely um, more of a system quarterback. Like if I think it's somebody like Kyle Shanahan's, how he, what we saw out of him when he was in Washington was pretty incredible. And I think that, I I mean, I'm not going to say he's like, you know, Rogers or Breeze or, you know, some of the, you know, big names. But I think he's definitely serviceable and in the right system, he can win a ton of games. I think he's pretty accurate. I think there's a lot 
to him. But I think that the Vikings had a lot of injuries. And I think that there's a lot of things that go into, you know, a quarterback, you know, needs a good run game. They didn't, they were, there was a lot of things that, you know, happened there, you know, in Minnesota. It's hard to say. I, I, I'm hoping for him, but I don't, I mean, I think he's fair, but I think that there's just so many other variables in a football game that it, you can't always put it on the quarterback. And I think you are right that he is a system quarterback, and I don't know that the Vikings is the right system for him. Um, again, I'm not a coach, but that's just my own, you know, my own thoughts. Like, Tom, do you have any thoughts on like that? To be called a systems quarterback, but some, sometimes in the right system, you know, it's 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 a good if, thing. If you're in the right system, then I think it works great. I mean, I don't think there's, you know. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Hong, do you have anything to add on the subject? I just think that Kirk Cousins, he's a gr- he's a good athlete. He's he puts up some good numbers, but I when it comes down to it, he's just one of those players maybe that just doesn't do as well, didn't has not been performing as well at the pro level that everybody thought he he would be. So, you know, there are just some people who come out of college and they do really well in college, but they just do not convert and become the pro level quarterback or the athlete that you want them to be, that you would need them to be. So um, the couple of these last couple of seasons here, I just think that there's been a lot of hype around him, but he still has not been able to make like big game changing plays in his position as a quarterback. Of course, Um, he just hasn't been able to make some of those big game changing plays to help his team out when it really counts, when it, when they really need for him to. And I know it doesn't fall all on the quarterback. It's the entire team, but you want that kind of faith and you want that kind of leadership in your quarterback. And I just don't think that maybe he possesses some of that, especially with the way that we're looking at some of the quarterbacks right now. I know that we've got still some, got some of the old school quarterbacks in there but we've got a lot of new and young blood in there and they're playing with a grit and a tenacity that I don't think that Kirk Cousins has and I totally agree with with both of you that it does not all fall on the quarterback I think part of the hype surrounding Kirk Cousins is in the last several years and this year obviously we're seeing that change but the state of quarterbacking in the NFL was was not great Um, And so I think there was a lot of hype around a Kirk Cousins, who, as you said, Steph, is an accurate quarterback. And I think he is a good quarterback. And like you said, Hong, he is a good athlete. Um, I I would imagine, though, if you make the decision to pay your quarterback that kind of money, you are hoping that he can or you are you're assuming I don't or you have done the research, whatever it may be, that he can make up for some of the other, you know, things on your team that aren't as strong. So it'll just be kind of interesting to see you know, how he does and as the Vikings go forward, you know, his second year with the Vikings may be dramatically better as well because he'll have been in that system for another year. He'll get some healthy players back. It'll be interesting to see. I just think the Vikings are also one of those teams that I know I picked them to potentially go to the Super Bowl, and I, I don't think they've performed um, to the level as everyone thought they might. And, you know, I, I go back to game one of the season where they beat the 49ers. They beat them by eight points in a game – that they probably should have won by like 20 points. Um, And I at the time felt that that was maybe telling as to the state of the the team generally. It's it's not just the quarterback. It's just there has been a lot of hype around him. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, a team that is quietly doing well, although they lost a big game the other day, are the Chargers. I think the Chargers are always better at quietly doing well um, because when the hype gets surrounded by them, things tend to go wrong, but they're playing some really good football. Despite the loss the, the other day, they're playing really good football. Uh, I almost said in San Diego, um, in Los Angeles. 
Um, yeah. So that's another team. Go ahead, Steph. Just one extra thing to add about Cousins is I, you know, he's I, I watched him a, a few times and I think he's had some really spectacular throws. I mean, in fact, I think there's some throws he's made that I think very few in the league could do. So, I mean, he definitely has his high points, but what I've seen from at least this season is his ability to take care of the ball. I mean, he's had so many fumbles and, mm-hmm. and th- that results in turnovers. And that's something like the Jags are experiencing a lot of. So even though they have like this great defense, if your quarterback keeps turning over the ball, <laughs> you know, you're not going to have a chance to win. And so there's all these things that, you know, add to it. So, but that's part of his job is to, you know, know, you know, when it's safe to throw, know what's around him, not take the sack. If he has to take a sack, hold on to the ball. So it's all these things that, you know, factor in. But, you know, I still think, you know, he's, I mean, I, I'm sort of wait and see, but he, he isn't doing as well as I thought. Let me just put it that way. So maybe I was a little overhyped as well. Well, that's okay, Steph. We'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> We, could, we will definitely forgive you. Um, so this weekend, um, the Chiefs, who are the Chiefs playing this weekend? We're huh? on a bye week. We're going to get rested. Oh, We're going right. to get our guys healthy. I say that's true as if like, yes, I, I mean, more. Well, I forgot that. You guys are on a bye week. And then who's next after the bye? Oh, we are in Oakland at the Oakland Raiders. So oh, that should be, be a <laughs> relatively easy week for the Chiefs. <laughs> um, it should not be, uh, I know on any given Sunday, but. I don't know that it applies in that particular situation. Um, and Steph, the Jags will be in Buffalo this weekend. Is that correct? That is correct. The three and seven teams that are losers. So Battles, <laughs> battle of the three and sevens this weekend in Buffalo. Uh, the 49ers will be in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, I'm very, I'm actually very interested how the, the 49ers do coming out of their buy. Um, I know for the rest of the league, it's probably not all that interesting, but, um, to me it's interesting. And there was an article yesterday just about, you know, how Kyle Shanahan talked to the players. And I think in these last several weeks, many of these 49ers players are playing for their jobs. Uh, and that, you know, can bring out the best in people. So I'm, I am curious to see how they finish the season. It's not going to be like last year where they have this, you know, star studded new quarterback, you know, bopping in to finish out the season on a five-game win streak. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how they respond um, to some of these tougher losses. And they've had a bye week. And I really, as I said, a lot of these guys are playing for their jobs and playing for 2019. And, you know, that'll be kind of interesting to watch as someone who covers the 49ers and is 49ers fangirl. Again, I realize that for the rest of you, it's not going to be all that interesting to watch how this team <laughs> responds. But, um <laughs> We have that coming up on Sunday and six weeks left, ladies. I can't believe it. I feel like this season has just flown by, but six weeks left and then into the playoffs we go. Um, we've been doing this kind of every week now and I'm just, I'm Steph, I'm calling it a tradition, even though I don't know that it is, but we've kind of at the end of our pod every week, given our new predictions for the Super Bowl. Um, and I think, we're going to just go ahead and do that. So I am going to start and say, I thought that game last night was one of the most fun football games I've ever seen ever. And I would love to see it as the Super Bowl again. That being said, I kind of think it might be the Saints and the Patriots. Oh, gross. <laughs> I know. And- 
experience that Steph's reaction every single time. So to all the Saints and fans and Saints fangirls, she doesn't mean that. Ew, gross towards you. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't like um, the Patriots. I just wish there would be another team. that they, I want to see a Super Bowl, a new face, Sophia. You know? I understand that, Not I mean, I think the championship game is going to be Rams, Saints, Chiefs, Patriots. I Definitely. think it's going to be what we see on championship Sunday. Um, and it will just, you know, be fun to see. And it also, you know, it could be Rams, Patriots. It could be Chiefs, Saints. It could be Chiefs, Rams. So I'm just going to go out there this week. I might change my mind next week, Steph, because we get to yeah. do a new one every week. This is fun. It's the way to go. Well, I'm hauling you for a guest. I'll let you go next. I definitely think it could, the final four, I'm with you on the final four there. But, of course, I think I'm going to go um, Chiefs and Saints. Who's going to win? Chiefs. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. The fan girl in me is saying Chiefs, but I really got it. You've got to respect Drew Brees. You've got to respect what the Saints are doing. They have a defense, and I know that's an area where my team struggles greatly. So, uh, the fangirl says Chiefs, but realistically, if it comes down to it, I think unless we make some really, really big changes and every player is healthy for the Chiefs defense, uh, it's probably going to come down to the Saints winning it. All right. There you go. There you go. We can accept that. And Steph, you get to go last. Well, I think the Steelers have something to say um, as far as in the NFC, AFC, I'm sorry. And, you know, the Texans are on a pr- pretty good roll as well. So I know yeah. they're not like as, um, I don't know, they're not as like cool or whatever as the team. They're kind of the underdogs and they'd be coming on, you know, in a different capacity, but they're not, they're not either team are hard to beat. You know, if you, you know, it just, they, they have their, their runs and their streaks. So I think they're interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, the number one seeds are pretty easy to say. Um, I think the Rams are, are tough. I mean, I obviously, but I think the Saints are ha, have a lot to say. You know, it's tough. I don't know as far as the Super Bowl. I, you know, it's okay I that you do this every week, so you can do a whole new one next week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, oh man, okay, I'm gonna probably say, I'm gonna probably say. Ugh. Ugh, I hate that I'm saying this, but I, it's probably the Rams and the Chiefs, right, at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's what we that's what we have. But, you know, I have to say, you make – I mean, wouldn't it be funny if it were like the Texans and the Steelers? <laughs> that's why they call them wild I mean, cards. That's why they call them wild cards. I mean, and you're right. Both of those teams are playing well. Um, and I, I really like J.J. Watt, so, you know, wouldn't mind seeing that either. So – those are our predictions for this week. We'll see what we come up with next week. Um, Hong, thank you so much for joining Thanks us for today. Me. This was fun. Absolutely. Um, all right, everybody. Have a great football week, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye, all. Goodbye. Go Jaguars. Go Niners. Go Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs>